Good morning on this June 24, 2019. Okay, I'm still catching up my past up. And the Lord's giving me current stuff, so it's like I'm way behind. You know, when the Lord speaks to us, um, it's disobedient to just say, well, you know, I need to shrug it off, I tell you, or I'm busy right now, or I'm making money, I tell you, or I'm providing for my own. You know, all those are applicable and they are required. But if the Lord is going to interrupt those times, uh, that's why it's pertinent that we listen to his voice. Then obviously he's showing you something uh, that's important. It could be a correction for us or a correction for others. And if we don't share that with others, if we don't stop and listen, or listen intently, that means you look straight at your meditate, or you listen to his word. See, to study the Bible is actually you're learning about God and Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and how their will is to be done. Okay, that was the uh, introductory commercial break. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's it. Everybody got No, I'm just kidding. Back on September 19, 2017. Believe it or not, I was... Well, it's actually... It may have been an appropriate place. Uh, I may or may not read all the scriptural references out there. Instead, I may just give the reference itself. Uh, let me open my Bible there just in case. Uh... I'm going to go ahead and read this in the ESV. Over in Luke 17.32. I believe uh, theologians. I really hate that word. And I don't believe God is crazy about that word either actually. But uh, that's another topic perhaps for another time. Uh, it's very simple. It says, remember last wife. Hello. Uh... Now, if he's going to say a statement like that, let's go to 32 here. When he was looking at it, uh, this says actually in the midst of the verse, Jesus is describing to his disciples. Was it talking to the multitude now? He was talking to those that already believed in the fest and confessed him as the Christ, as Lord and Savior, as the Messiah. So they already knew who he was, um, and they were his initial disciples. They were asking detailed questions. Notice between this one uh, and 17, as well as over in Matthew 24, but now Matthew didn't, and Mark, you know, other word describes these. It started out looking at the buildings. And Peter and the other disciples were saying, Lord, look at all these awesome buildings. God don't care about the buildings. He ain't even looking at them. Uh, that's not, there's a stewardship to a point. But God, could, God cares very, very little for the building. He could just speak and just get rid of them in a heartbeat. He cares about our heart. He cares about if we're set and seeking him. Not to get stuff, not to get things. Uh, this is in the midst of it, and here it is in the midst of remember last wife. We gotta go back to Genesis to find out exactly 
Genesis 19:17 to be exact. I'm gonna go back. To, whoops, I kind of jumped out here. They brought them out, escaped. This is uh, God sent a couple of his angels down to once and for all destroy, um, verify, and then destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. Yes, that's right. He destroyed them. Took them out. That and the people. The whole matter of fact, to this day, that you know, you go by there, you may find a lot of salt. And no, don't let that. You know, I once ran ran across the a deceptive teaching on YouTube um, that saying and I am not saying everything on YouTube is deceptive but this one definitely was to say oh they think they found Lot's wife yeah okay one or two little specks of salt and then they're going to come out and say oh no the, the DNA proves that the salt DNA but salt salt has no DNA per se I mean, don't even get don't even get mixed up in science out there. That means you're too far into man's STEM program, science, technology, education, and math, instead of God's educational system, which is His Word. Okay, somebody just got checked with that one. I hope you hear the checking and repent before the Lord, because um, some need to hear that. But it's saying, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills lest you be swept away. Now they grabbed the hand of Lot and his wife. Uh, and the two daughters. The son-in-laws. The future son-in-laws. Son the way I read it. I don't believe they were married as of yet. Um, but they grabbed. The main ones they grabbed was them. And um, they had the children. Well guess what. Uh, Lot's wife looked back. She liked the city. They obviously had a amount of houses. He had a good possession. Good standing amongst the people. Uh, they were leaving them alone. As respected as long as he just prayed. But not obeying. I'm sure somewhere in those prayers. God was saying. Go tell him about me. But he wasn't doing it. He sat at the gate. Somebody was just praying. <clears throat> Now, some of that stuff is spec, but you could tell him until those guys came into the city, uh, those angels came in the city, they must have been ignoring them or some of that. They must, you know, Lot must have been, Lot and his family must have been so comfortable, so hidden. They weren't, the Spirit of God wasn't wised up inside them, exposing their darkness. So, because they were, that was, that was beyond favor. They didn't feel threatened by him or nothing. But until he knew that they were angels from God, uh, until he stood up to defend them, that's when the uh, the residents of the city saying, Who are you? What made you a judge over us? And fair for that but when he stood up for the the people, of God, the things of God, angels, that's when they had the problem with it. Okay, that's going down way more than this lesson. But when you look back at, let's jump back to Luke 17, 32. Lot's, pretty much Lot's wife, an example. If Jesus mentions it himself back in the New Testament, thousands upon thousands of years after the fact, uh, more likely that's what we need to say up and pay attention. Okay, what warning is Jesus trying to tell us today? 
he's trying to tell his disciples. Here it is, the world's getting ready to be destroyed. In the context of Luke 17, uh, everything is going away. Every building, every material thing. Second Peter says it 3.10, verses 3.10 and 11. All the earth and the things of it are to be destroyed. The elements will, I think King James says, the elements will melt away. That means everything in this earth, everything we're looking at, your building, your nice, big, fancy, overpriced house. Any realtor says, oh, no, they're not overpriced. That realtor is not of God. That realtor is doing the work of Satan instead. They've come diffused. Uh, that was going to piss off some people, but you you mad at me or you mad at God? Uh, okay, that was a subject in question here. But I think us here in this blessed and awesome nation of America, the United States, need to, need to heed this warning. That's what, the example of Lot's wife is so like us in the U.S. today. In love with this world and the things of this world. We love our stuff. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54. These bodies are the temple of God. God don't care about no church building per se. Because no one physical structure can contain God. God didn't build that stuff. Even the temple of Solomon cannot contain, couldn't contain them. Because God is outside the box and inside the box. God owns everything, owns the box. We're just stewards. When we are born again, John 3, 3, 3, 3, 5. Uh, we die to ourselves, Galatians 2.20. We no longer own a thing. We have... Starting first and foremost, we've died to ourselves. Now at that point, the Holy Spirit has caused us to be born unto Him spiritually, and when we we are now His, we are now God's, we are now the Lord's. We turn everything over to Him, starting with our will. We said, Lord, every time we pray, we better not be praying anything other than Lord, Thy will be done, not mine. That should be the focal point of our prayers. Even when we're going to intercede for others, it should always be, Lord, thy will be done. Not a, when we want to say, Lord, what do you want? I want to keep this house you until, you know, because it can help my kids because I've raised, I've been so ignorantly, I've raised up the stock market, I've raised up the prices on our buildings, I've raised up the salaries up there. Causing the employers to say, you know what, we're not, we're giving high salaries now. We can't afford to have this many people. Make the people do just like in Egypt. They say now they have to do more with less people. We're gonna have to lay off people in order to be able to pay them. Guess what? Those meager salaries that the actual people do in the work. Most of the managers don't do the work. They sit on their big fat butts. Out there barking orders. That is not a godly leader. A godly leader goes before them. Leads them. Shows them. A worldly leader. Satan's leader. Sits on their butts getting big and fat. Okay, that was a chastening for somebody. First um, John 2.15. It says, Do not love this world nor the things of it. Our hands should never be tightly on our stuff, on our cars, not even on our jobs, our paychecks. 
We should be learning to hear the voice of God and when and if he tells us it's time to move, I need you and your wife and your family, I mean, if you're married, to go here. We will delay. We will say, okay, let us find a job first and then we'll go over there. If God's telling you to go, he may be telling you to go now. See, we try and use our worldly wisdom, our worldly logic. Well, guess what? First, oh, this wasn't part of my notes. First Corinthians, at the end, near the end of it, one and two, it says, God has totally destroyed the wisdom of man. He shows how foolish our wisdom is compared to compared to his wisdom. When we stop listening to him, we try and work it out. We try and engineer it. We try and logically use human wisdom to know God. But guess what? No, none, zero human wisdom has been able to learn about God, figure out God by zero human wisdom. Zero. It's only when we fully surrender to Almighty God. Everything. Even our families. Think of God. We give them all up. God can choose to do it. At that point, God has every right to do with it, do with those things in us as he pleases. He's not going to destroy us. If we true, if Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, he is not going to lead us to destruction. He's going to lead us in the right way, on the narrow path. He's going to give us just those things, what we need, when we need it, at that particular time. Notice that in Matthew chapter 6, this wasn't even in my notes either. Uh, the main thing he provides us is food and clothing. Yeah, because we're not to go running around naked. We're not to go showing around our booties outside. We're not to go wearing tight clothing, causing someone else of the opposite gender to stumble and fall away and follow Satan. Whenever we choose to wear clothing that shows the form of the body, and in my case, I ain't going to worry about that because I ain't going to mind. You know, I can't buy clothes big enough. Because uh, I'm too fat now. Uh... There's nothing when we make ourselves so physically appealing somewhere, we are either causing or have caused or will cause, unless we repent, someone of the opposite gender to opposite sex to stumble. They will take their eyes off of God's path for them, the nail path, and put their eyes on you. When we dress to appeal, we are dressing like a harlot, a slut. When we fix up our houses, we are loving the things of this world, trying to get money out of it, extract money out of it down the road, trying to make ourselves comfortable as if this is our home. Once we come to Jesus Christ, this ceases from being our home. Our home is in heaven. We're looking forward to it. We should be. Uh, there's another verse that came along with that one. John 17. At that point, we are in the world, but at that point, we are no longer of it. Jesus is taking us spiritually out, which means our mind, our thoughts, our actions need to be on him. 
Oh, we're going to get tempted every single day. We're going to have struggles. We still have responsibilities. We still have needs. Some people will compromise it using their words. Oh, but that don't mean we can't do stuff. Yes, we still have responsibilities, but it's not to gain stuff. We should be, t- husbands, you should be reminding your spouses this. You should be saying, honey, God doesn't care if we have a big two, three, four hundred thousand dollar home. Do we have a place to slay up our head? Yes. That blessed five to six years, five or six years, uh, 20, 10, 10, 20, five years, uh, I had to think of my brain. That hurt, now I got a headache. Uh, that five to ten years, I guarantee someone out there, I was more blessed than some of y'all that stayed in your little, nice, warm, comfortable, heated or air conditioned, depending upon the season, home. Your overpriced home that you still are paying a debt to man, to the government. Because every banking system banker is a government official indirectly. They may be a private business, but they report to the government. They have to follow orders. Not that they are all doing it, but that's another one. They are just like Lotwives. They don't want to, wife did not want to lose that home. Obviously, it must have been a decent home. Obviously, it must have had trinkets in the home. It must have been so decorated. Now, they didn't have the trinkets we do. We have more junk in our home than anything. Oh, I started doing this. I just remember. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54. It's our bodies that will rise, not our stuff. Right now, we are so fearful. There is a warning out there to some. Or many. I don't know. God knows who it is. Uh, God's going to make somebody listen to this. So once I put it up online. There's going to be. Uh, there's going to be. Some out there or many. That when that trumpet sounds. If we don't die. We're going to look behind saying. I wonder if they're going. I wonder if they're going. I wonder if my family with me. It's just a, yeah. <laughs> Do not look behind. When you hear the Lord say. Come on my bride. It's time. Time to come home. Do not look at, Lord, I'm going to miss all my stuff. Oh, I still had stuff to do. I still had to pay off my mortgage out there so I can have money out there so I can uh, help other people. Instead of getting that mortgage, you should have been helping other people. God would have still provided a place to sleep, still would have provided food, still would have provided nourishment, still would have took care of the family. He would have provided help, medical attention as needed. He would have provided every single thing. Instead, we took away a major portion of his money and put it on an earthly base house. We are not to invest physically in this earth. Our investments are to tell people that of Jesus Christ and their need for Jesus Christ. Someone led us to a place where we heard, we're sinners. We need Jesus Christ. We need to believe in Jesus Christ. Period. That's the gut. That's all of our needs. Once we have Jesus Christ, then he should be overflowing in us and through us each and every day. People see the way we work. We need to be the hardest workers, the, the most efficient workers. We need not to be stealing overtime from our employers. Well, if we're doing overtime, that means you're spending way too much time in our employer. Now, yes, there are times when overtime is necessary, but that should be very rare. 
when God opened my eyes, he showed me how to help my team members so none of us were staying there past 5 o'clock. Again, like I said, there's one or twice that we had to. Overtime in that office, in that department, dropped to close to zero. Some were mad because they were getting a ton of overtime. But when they stopped back and thought about it, says, you know what? I can go back and I have kids. I can go spend time with my kids. Before we eat and have dinner, some can even help make dinner. We can have family time together. Or if they volunteer on the outside, if they serve on the outside, I can go spend time on the outside and talk to people on the outside about Jesus. If we're too busy providing big house, you know what would be a big blessing right now? I'm not saying God's going to do this. Is if God right now caused some kind of a storm to wreck every single house on this earth. He'll provide come my shelter. Whether it be a tent, an RV, even a van. That about four or five years when I lived outside of a van again, that was the most blessed time ever. I had a place to sleep. I always had a place to sleep. Whether it was with brothers and sisters back in Charlotte or helping my parents in their old age, which we are required to do. Doesn't matter as long as we have a little bed in the corner or a sleeping bag. It's not about your big house. You are being just like last wife. And if the Lord was to call right now, your hand is so tightly on that house, we have to keep it. You are jeopardy. If your hand's so tightly on keeping that building and thinking, so foolishly thinking that it's going to increase in value. Second Peter 3, 10, 11 says otherwise. Everything's going to be destroyed. Jesus even said it at the beginning of Luke 17 as well as Matthew 24. All of the buildings will be gone. Even buildings that are called church buildings. We don't know what kind of use the ones that stay. I just recently read about a church locally, a former church, former Methodist church, that is being turned into a retail, different retail offices and establishments below it. The developer is now calling it a flying church. What are you doing with a building? Nothing. One of the retail, one of the first tenants has just signed the lease as a marijuana, like as a drug lab. You went from preaching the word of God, obviously it wasn't preaching it rightly, to now that building's being used for by Satan for greed and to keep people drugged up. What's wrong with this picture, people? When are we gonna wake up? So, are you uh, right now? Are you uh, a kid to Lot's wife? Are you looking, you're going to be one that's going to be looking back when the Lord calls? Guess what? As soon as she looked back, boom, she is in hell right now. Her soul's in hell. Her body is a piece of salt. There are a lot of little pieces of salt, however many. Her soul was in hell. She wouldn't redeem. Lot and his daughters were safe. Now, we know Lot got drunk and Got so drunk he must have been grieving over the loss of his wife. We presume more likely he went to alcohol. And his daughters got him so drunk they took advantage of him. 
So obviously he wasn't teaching them about God out there. And yeah, part of it was his fault, but not his fault alone. We don't know. Obviously, Lot's wife must have influenced him very well to say, well, let's, you know, she was probably whispering in his ear saying, honey, this land looks great. Let's go over here. Some have said, uh, some have said, uh, I said, well, Lot looked, uh, based his decision on, on choosing land. That may have been the case, that may have been not. I'm not going to say either or, that's the case. Well, more likely his wife was right there with him. And we already know she loved the land. She misses the house. She missed her stuff in that house. So, wife, you got a lot of influence over your husband's husband. you got a lot of influence over your wife. You both have influence equally over your kids. Don't point the blame on one or the other. She may have been whispering in his ear saying out there... Or she may have been, they may have been talking, saying, well, that land does look pretty. Yeah, until it got destroyed due to sin. Until the city of Sodom and Gomorrah were gone and was burnt up. When we make a decision, don't look at the house and say, well, okay, well, we can damage all the houses in decay. But I think we can fix it up. Let's go ahead and see if we can screw them people and get it for $1,000 out there. And then we'll put... We'll we'll fix the outside of it. We'll just make some cosmetic uh, fixes, and then we'll uh, and then we'll sell it for thirty thousand dollars. Well, those that are doing that, they're not being stewards of God. They're being stewards of Satan. Somebody's gonna get hit with that one too. Oh, I'm witnessing that going on right now. I witnessed that with my parents' home when we moved in. We bought it, moved in. They just put up a few new boards of sheetrock. I wouldn't have said another engine, but I'm not going to say. Because I haven't sat down and discussed it with uh, those who were involved. We're so busy, we fix the outside, thinking that's going to temporarily fix it. That's called religion. Religious leaders did that back then. And many still do today. Many? Not all. Uh, they they want to fix the outside, make everybody look good. That's who they do. That should never be who gets called as a pastor, who gets called as a deacon, who gets called as an elder. That says, oh, is your life externally looking good? Externally don't necessarily mean the inside, right? Are they all about preaching Jesus, teaching Jesus? Are they all about making money? Making sure they have excess money. Coming out and they have you know, making sure that their paycheck is big enough where it meets all their monthly needs. That paycheck ain't meeting your needs. It's God that meets the need through that. If God wants somebody to move, He can pull up a job in a heartbeat. So who's last wife? Right now, are you looking back at this world, or are you keeping your eyes forward on Jesus? Oh, that's a struggle. That's a daily struggle, all day long, even all night. Keep our eyes on the Lord and our ears open to His voice. And praise Him always. I love y'all way too much. And I love Jesus Christ even more so than y'all to speak nothing but the truth of Jesus Christ. Thank y'all.